0: Going to come back to the near side, pick six. You can see that coming out the way, Jack Jones. Make it to
1: Hunter, lofted towards the
2: And welcome back to Pacific Point of View. I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. And I'm Colt Amadorova. And together we are the Pacific Point of View. And after a brief hiatus, we are back. The college football season is over. We're no longer in college. Colt and I are no longer in college. That might be incriminating. We don't know if we're allowed in here right now, <laughs> I don't but. Know.
1: Uh, You're good with me, that's all that matters There we go, so. that's all that matters yeah. really um, and You guys are uh, technically an honorary guest every week so. yeah. True, yeah, well, yeah. Thanks,
2: so thanks for having us yeah, yeah.
1: Welcome <laughs> aboard guys Thanks for having
2: <laughs> us But we've got a little uh, bowl roundup episode ahead of us You know, the oh. season did happen We've got some stuff to you know fill in the audience Maybe the audience didn't watch any football And they, they just don't know what happened I mean, there's so. Christmas presents, man yeah, exactly. Christmas shopping. Um, anyways, let's jump into Are You Surprised? And let's talk about what surprised us from bowl season. <laughs> surprised, Eddie? If I woke up tomorrow with my head
1: sewn to the carpet, I wouldn't be more surprised than I am right now.
2: I mean, Hayden, when I saw you today, you had a surprise look on your face instantly. Well, what, what's kept you shocked I did. For you so know, long?
1: <laughs> you know what's been just eating away at me for the last month or so? Huh? Utah completely laid, laid an egg in the Rose Bowl against Penn State, lost... 35-21. to 21. I thought, you know, this was going to be kind of their referendum game after losing last year to Ohio State. This seemed like a pretty good matchup for them, and they just didn't get it done. And uh, lately the Utes can't win the big one. And really, as a whole, they've just really struggled uh, in non-conference games, and, and that continued there. So a tough, sour finish to an otherwise good season for the Utes.
0: You know, I had Utah as well. I was absolutely shocked that they didn't win the Rose Bowl. They were in it last year. But it also kind of sucked that Hawaii wasn't in a bowl game this year. Mm. I mean, Christmas Eve, the University of Hawaii should always be in the Hawaii Bowl. It's kind of tough having to watch Middle Tennessee State and San Diego State in your backyard. Like, no one's going to this thing.
2: Yeah, um, another thing about Utah, just the out-of-conference schedule being brutal, um, it's not going to get any easier next year. Next year, they host Florida and then go at Baylor. So uh, it just it just keeps getting tougher. My surprise, Kentucky gets absolutely flattened by Iowa, twenty-one nothing. Iowa had two pick sixes. It was over. It was over the second they got it. Like the defense won them another game. I just I knew Will Levis wasn't gonna play, but I just didn't think Kentucky's fall off would be that dramatic. Yep. So you know they've got Devin Leary coming in. Maybe that helps them out. But uh, let's talk about who was eating their wheaties during bowl season.
0: Better get your whole grain. I better
2: eat my <laughs> Shout out to all the uh the people in the chat here. We got some Almadovas, we got some Webers, and we got our boy Riley Schmidt. I see right off the bat there. Nice. Uh Cole, who's eating their Wheaties this bowl
0: season? My man. KJ Jefferson. Man, this guy had two touchdowns passing, two touchdowns rushing. This guy went off in the bowl game versus Kansas. 55 to 53 win for Arkansas in triple OT. Man, just let this guy cook, and I, I just love watching K.J. Jefferson on the field. Is he back next year? I'm not even sure. I, he declared he's coming back. He oh, declared oh that God. he's <laughs> coming back. Is a weird way to phrase that, but he is coming back. Is he, he
1: like, dec- what, 27 something. years old now? Something like that. <laughs> I feel like most college football—like, the median age in college football is about 25. There you go. Now, with the COVID rules and everything. Feels like it. Um, my Wheaties guy is Austin Reed, the quarterback at Western Kentucky, who went off in the New Orleans Bowl— Crazy thing is, I believe he had his name in the transfer portal before the game and then took it out a couple weeks before the game and absolutely shredded South Alabama. He was uh, 36 of 55, 497 passing yards and four touchdowns. That's a New Orleans Bull record. Shout out to the Hilltoppers, who are just consistently one of the best group of five teams year in and year out.
2: Yeah, very impressive. I didn't even have to go outside the Pac-12 to find my Wheaties performer. Caleb Williams in a loss. 37-52, of 52, 462 yards to the air, five touchdowns. He had the lone interception, and his team dropped 45 points. That should be enough for a New Year's Six win. I saw people trying to discredit his Heisman after that game, and I'm like, did, did you watch what he did on offense? So, yeah, that, we'll put that to rest. Uh, Fruit loops, you know, for... For every time there's a guy eating their Wheaties, we know there's a guy that is struggling eating their Froot Loops. So the last Froot Loops of the season, Colt, who was eating their Froot Loops? As Tyler
0: would say, Sham, Cam, Ward. Yep. I mean, come on Wazoo. And especially you, Cam. I mean, no touchdowns, a pick, you lose 29-6 to versus Fresno State. I mean, what happened? I thought there was a lot of promise with Wazoo at the beginning of the season. And then that all just kind of fell off when they, like, choked that game versus Oregon. And, yeah, then they had a 7-6 and six season when they could have, I think, had
1: a better one. Oh, absolutely. Definitely kind of a frustrating year for the Cougs. Um, but, Budge, you kind of hinted at this game earlier. I have no idea what happened in Nashville, Tennessee with that Kentucky offense, but the signal caller for the Wildcats in that game, Destin Wade, had one of the worst stat lines you will ever see. He completed 16 of 30 passes for 98 yards in two picks. Both of those, like you mentioned, went for touchdowns. Kentucky was shut out by Iowa. And uh, again, you know, the starter, Will Levis, was out, but no excuse to put up that putrid of a performance. Granted, Iowa had a great defense, but just a a horrible way for Mark Stoops and and UK to end their season.
2: Yeah, agreed. And uh, Colt, Sham Ward. He is a sham. I I had him written down as well. Just terrible, terrible performance. For his credit, uh, the O-line there is terrible. And so that's obviously affected him. But there was a lot of hype for Cam Ward. Oh, look at his stat line in a Carnett Ward. He threw 50 touchdowns. He sucks. He he wasn't very good this year. And he's coming back for the Cougs. So we'll see how that affects them. Let's get to the big picture. React to some bowls. Uh, What bowl
1: game was the best bowl game you saw? I'm going to go with the Liberty Bowl. Uh, you know, KJ Jefferson, like mm-hmm. Colt mentioned, balled out. I mean, that was one of the best football games I've ever seen in general. Uh, Arkansas led 31 to seven at one point. They blew it. Kansas tied it up late. The Jayhawks scored first in overtime, and it was just back and forth. I believe there was like a weird targeting call at one point. I can't. That fr- saved the game. Yeah, it did. It was over, and the flag threw. Yeah, it was a kind of a sketchy targeting call, but um, you know, Kansas got a second shot. They were able to score, and ultimately the game ended uh, on a failed two-point conversion for Kansas. Uh, is it Jason Bean? I think it's Jason Bean. It might have been James th- Bean.
2: Well, let me look. Bean, up. James the, Bean, the Jayhawks backup quarterback. Have been right. You were correct.
1: It's Jason. Bean. Okay, Jason Bean had one of the worst passes I've ever seen to end that game. Yeah, <laughs> had a wide open guy at the back of the end zone and threw it three rows into the freaking stands, and just a, a tough way for the Jayhawks to lose, but. I mean, that was an absolute barn burner. And I don't know if I said the final score, but it was 55-53 Razorbacks. Triple overtime.
0: I was going with the Cotton Bowl. I mean, Tulane coming back versus USC. They were down 45-30 to with 4 minutes and 30 seconds left. And to rally back like that beat the heisman trophy winner i mean this is the biggest game biggest win for tulane i don't know if in program history or at least in the modern era but it's just pretty damn impressive when tulane's not going to the big 12. they're not going to the big 10. they're staying in the group of five they're like you know what we don't care we're gonna beat your best teams and we're gonna absolutely show up for the big games
2: yeah you know you hear people say uh parody is dead in college football however you had a team in tcu that uh, came from the group of five and won one of the six most coveted games in college football. And then you had a group of five team win another one of the coveted th- six go. teams. That's a third of them going yep. to teams that really weren't supposed to be there. And uh, the best bowl game for me was involved two big boys. It was the Peach Bowl. Mm. I mean, pure poetry is the <laughs> only way I can describe this game. The mailman, Stetson Bennett, delivers as he always does. And then ohio state takes the lead georgia's got to go get that field goal and or ohio state's got to go get the field goal after they're trailing by one and they've got the kick and literally as the clock strikes midnight in ohio it goes wide left like that was just poetry in motion it was awesome to watch ohio state fans get their hearts broken (laughs) but you know with every bowl game that's entertaining and just a great time on the field. There can also be some really ugly bowl games. Uh Hayden, what was the worst bowl game?
1: Well, this game was disappointing in and of itself. But not only that, but the college football playoff semifinals, like you mentioned, it was you know the Peach Bowl was your bowl game of the year. The Fiesta Bowl was awesome between oh, so TCU awesome. and Michigan. I I that was my second best bowl game. I mean, I think a lot of people knew that the Natty had a right. chance to be bad. But I don't think anybody saw it being this bad. In my opinion, the national championship was the worst bowl game in the entire bowl cycle. Georgia won 65 to 7. Yeah. Uh, and and TCU <laughs> was just never in the game. I mean, they got outgained 589 to 188. They turned the ball over three times. Georgia had 32 first downs to TCU's nine. And it was just a situation where I think you could tell the lights were a little too bright for the Horned Frogs and and they just shot themselves in the foot early on and, and never recovered.
2: What's interesting about that loss is, like, it, feels, it almost felt like, wait a minute, this is what Michigan should have done to TCU. If right. TCU was this fraudulent, Michigan should have exposed them. The fact that they won a playoff game to get there just made that even more surprising. You didn't expect that egregious
0: of a splattering to occur. I mean, so how good was Michigan then?
2: Exactly. I mean, that's back-to-back years that Michigan was a, a letdown in the playoffs. So
0: My bowl game, I mean, I completely agree. That game was an absolute clunker. LSU-Purdue, why was it a clunker oh. for me? I mean, it was 63-7, to LSU won. But I honestly didn't watch this game. I believe this happened at like 5 a.m. Hawaii time. I'm not getting up for this. I got up for the Cotton Bowl. When the Cotton Bowl started, I wasn't watching LSU-Purdue. So this game just kind of happened, and it was a blowout, and it was done.
2: Also, uh, Purdue was missing their head coach. Exactly. They're missing Aiden O'Connell, their quarterback. They were missing Charlie Jones, and they were missing Payne Durham, one of the best tight ends in college football. So they their team was in shambles that game. So opt outs affected some teams in some bad ways. They should put some NIL incentives into the bowl games. Just saying that would prevent some opt outs. That opt-outs, would be honestly. amazing. Um, worst bowl game for me. I mean, I had to be. I had to be as you know, take myself out of the equation and just say you know a. Subject Objectively. objectively. Mm-hmm. Um, the Las Vegas Bowl. Oregon State decimated Florida by so much that that game was boring to watch. I mean, it was 30-3. to 3. There was never a moment where it looked like the Gators were going to be in that. Awesome for
1: me as an yeah, Oregon State fan. That's gotta be a fan. good feeling.
2: Great feeling. However, Come on, Florida, and come on to the bowl committee. Why did we play a 6-6 six sixteen? I team? have no Why idea. Why is it that Oregon State at 9-3 and three was playing a 6-6 six and six Florida, and then Florida State at 9-3 and three was playing a 6-6 six six Oklahoma? Give us the Oregon State-Florida State matchup that we all wanted. Like, Honestly,
1: and then the Florida-Oklahoma rematch yeah. of the of the Natty 10-12 years ago. Why not? Like I, I, Even North Carolina
2: would have been
0: cool if you guys
2: would yeah, have drew that right. North Carolina, and the Ducks instead got to play North Carolina, who we beat, just saying. Um, so Georgia, they, they did it. They won the national title. Um, who, who was everybody's preseason national title picks?
0: I picked Ohio State preseason. I I can't remember. I want to say I picked Oklahoma because I had Dylan Gabriel winning the Heisman. Yes, you won 100%. I think
1: Bama? Bama or Ohio State? Okay.
2: Yeah. I think, we actually may have both picked Ohio State. I think so.
1: I was big on Ohio State at the beginning.
2: But either way, Georgia, first team to repeat since, you know, whenever the last time Bama did it was. Right. Um... But uh, the question comes to mind now because Georgia, they've been to three national championship games, and I believe the window is five years. It might be six years. Uh, They've won four New Year's Six Bowls in that time. They've won two national titles. Is Georgia a dynasty?
1: Not yet. That might be a hot take, but at bare minimum, I think you have to dominate your conference. They haven't done that yet. They've won the SEC twice. In a seven-year stretch under Kirby Smart, you look comparatively at Saban, in, in one seven-year stretch at Bama, he won four SEC titles in three Natties from 09 to 2015. Georgia hasn't quite done that yet. I'm not saying they have to surpass Bama to be a dynasty. I just think if you if they win another Natty next year, I think I think yeah, they're probably a dynasty. But I'd like to see a little more dominance in the SEC. I'm yeah. going to say yes, they're, they're a dynasty. I
0: think they were very close to winning a natty in the Tua game. So if they would have won that, they would have had three by now. Okay. And, I mean, Bama's kind of fallen off. And so I think they have a great chance, especially when you play that schedule that they play every single year in the SEC. Yeah, they, they'll be fine. They'll win out this year. They'll, if they win again this year, there's no question in my mind they're a dynasty. I, for one, would
2: tend to lean towards gatekeeping the word dynasty because I think it's got to be a really special, unique thing. Two national titles is very impressive. However, I was looking at a team to compare this to and saying, hey, with the benefit of hindsight, You know, what is a dynasty? Georgia could very well be and most likely will be a dynasty. I think they'll either win another national title this next year or, you know, at two years down the line. However, I look back, the team I compare them to is Clemson in that same era where they won two titles in three years. Do I look back at that Clemson team and say, that's a dynasty? No, I don't really think of that as a dynasty. I think of that as a few dominant teams. So I think for me, I, I honestly, just looking back, I'm like, I need three titles. I need three titles. And just utter dominance to consider it a dynasty. And I think Georgia's knocking on the door of a dynasty right now. Has any team won three straight? Like in recent memory? The last team, that's thats some trivia later. But uh, it's not really trivia, but it is in fact your fiction. But uh, the last team to win three straight national titles was Minnesota. They won their what? third in 1936. Oh, wow! No wow. team has done that. So
0: you're a that. dynasty guaranteed if you win this year. And if I believe won, they have the top recruiting class.
1: Uh, I think they're maybe second to Bama.
0: Yeah, top three.
1: They is be fine. Top three they're is two. G-
2: Georgia. Bama, Georgia, Texas. Yep. Hook Archibald Horns, Manning.
1: <laughs> Archibald, I love Manning. Texas.
2: All right. Uh, chat. Uh, Madeline says, Who's Riley? Only our biggest fan, Madeline. Has Riley talked about Boise State or Chris Peterson yet? Says Peter Toland. Uh, no. No. If you have any questions about that, be sure to drop them. But uh, consensus here is Georgia is not a dynasty except for Colt, he believes they are
0: of course i mean i gotta go against (laughs) the grain here guys guys.
2: thanks bosky all right uh let's go to the coaching carousel uh (laughs) lots of movement lots of uh things happening in the coaching industry right now um including in our very own backyard asu kenny dillingham we've talked about that already so let's talk about two to three each each of us should have around two to three um under the radar coaching moves that you think maybe not a lot of people are talking about but they're gonna make
1: a lot of noise come football season Right, so one of my two is a position coach move. I had to throw ASU in there, you already know. ASU landed two very highly coveted guys, Brian Carrington, who is at TCU as their uh, defensive backs coach, and Rashad Samples, who was the Rams' either running back or wide receivers coach. He's going to fill a similar role at ASU. And they've landed some big fish already. They got a former five-star edge rusher from Oklahoma and Clayton Smith, who's one of the biggest recruits in program history. Uh, They've also landed a couple really solid transfers from Texas, which is nice to see, a linebacker and a receiver. Hmm. I think um, those two guys being on staff are going to pay huge dividends to really jumpstart ASU's recruiting, which was in desperate need of just a shot in the arm. So I think those are two very uh, under-the-radar moves. Uh, Guys, people aren't really talking about. And the other one is Stanford getting Troy Taylor. I thought that was a home run higher, Um, considering some of the other candidates that I saw them getting weren't really big names. So I think Troy Taylor was about as good as they could have done. And, you know, I kind of wanted Troy Taylor at ASU. He was dominant at Sac State, 29 and 5 in four years. And he's the local guy, too. It's a W for the fans as well. Exactly. And and another thing that's great about him is he's a, a Whittingham. Guy, he was Ooh, uh, he yes. coached under Kyle Whittingham, and that's the a big deal. The recipe is there, absolutely. So yes, I think he's going to get Stanford up and running. It might take a little bit longer because I believe the requirements to get into Stanford aren't the same as some of the other schools when it mm-hmm. comes to the transfer portal. So it's going to definitely be a rebuild. But in about four or five years, I think Stanford will be at least a consistent bowl team again. I'm going to start
0: off with Liberty head coach Jamie Chadwell. He's the former Coastal Carolina Ooh. head coach. I mean, how did Liberty land this? I mean, you go from Hugh Freeze to another guy that I thought could have taken a Power 5 job. I mean, he could have taken that Wisconsin job, I think. I think he's deserving of a legit job, and I'm surprised Liberty was able to pull this off. They must have a ton of money there. Um, I also want to shout out Robert Anai. He's the former Syracuse offensive coordinator. He's from Laie, Hawaii. Okay. Um, yep, but he is. is now the NC State offensive coordinator. And last year, you know, Syracuse with Sean Tucker over a thousand yards on the ground, Garrett Schrader not too shabby. NC State has a Hawaiian at coordinator. That'll be pretty cool to see. There's another guy out there. He's not with the team, he got fired from Navy. His name is New Matalolo. I don't know if. I would want him, you know, coaching in terms of bringing the uh, the triple option to the University of Hawaii. But what he did at Navy was he recruited a ton of Hawaiians. If Hawaii could bring him in, Ooh. I think we could keep a lot of guys home. So that's what I would do if I was head coach right now. That would be a pretty good hire. Maybe, uh, maybe like an Chang Chang is cooking something up. Hopefully, for, for, hopefully. For old Ken there.
2: Um, First one, Ryan Walters, he was the defensive coordinator for Illinois, which I believe was the first or second best scoring defense in the country this year, to Purdue and not only does he go to Purdue, he instantly goes, ring, ring, hello, is this Hudson Card? <laughs> yes, uh, come to Purdue. And Hudson Card said, cool. Okay. So he's got a quarterback already. He already has the makings of a team that went to the Big Ten title game. Yep. Uh, there's a number of other transfers they have inbound, um, none of which I wrote the names down of, but he's got <laughs> like an edge rusher coming in. He's got like a defensive back. He has been making moves already, and I think Ryan Walters and Purdue can make some serious noise. And Jeff Brom leaving Purdue, it wasn't because of any issues. It was because the job at his alma mater opened up suddenly. So he left to go take it to Louisville. Ryan, Walters, and Purdue. Do not forget those guys. Uh, and then Luke Fickle to Wisconsin. Not under the radar by any means. What I think is under the radar is just how good this team can be. People know, yeah, yeah, it's a great hire. You know, we'll see them in two years. No, 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 no. Tanner Mordecai is coming to town. We yes. talked about it earlier. Yes. All, the best quarterback they've had since Russell Wilson instantly you've got Braylon Allen you've got that that interior talent like this Wisconsin team I'm gonna get so annoying because I'm gonna talk about them so much this (laughs) offseason they are coming they are coming and this Wisconsin team is gonna make some absolute noise
0: what's good is that they're in the right division in the the big 10 yes they They can can win that thing every single year now they can screw up and lose three games
2: and still get a crack at the big 10 title right I mean Purdue lost four, I think, this year.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What's your guys' thoughts on Luke Fickle coaching the bowl game for Wisconsin, even though he wasn't with them the whole season? Cincinnati was also in a bowl game, and he didn't coach them. I don't know. I kind of felt like you stick with your team until the end of the year, and then you coach. You know, your first game with the, the with the next team should be week one of the following season, not their bowl game. So he was he
2: was suited up and he had the headset on and was listening to correspondence, but he he kind of stepped aside and let Jim Leonard. Coach the game, but he was just like taking notes on how like the program was being run. So he basically he did quit on Cincinnati. He was like, "Ah, screw you guys! I'm gonna get a kickstart on." I think it's kind of a, weird. It, it it did look and feel a little weird. I'm not gonna lie, but uh, Cincinnati. I don't know who's Cincinnati's new guy. Did, Satterfield. Oh, Satterfield went from Louisville to Cincinnati, yep. and then Brom went from Purdue to Louisville. Walters went from Illinois to Purdue. Hey, a go. lot this of a certain... swapping going around. Wait, so who's at Illinois? Uh, Illinois, he was the defensive coordinator, so so it's still Bielema. I don't know who Bielema hired to fill that role, but is such a beast, man. Illinois will be good next year, too. Um, So the transfer portal, obviously a thing here, too, and the quarterback transfer portal. Man, the quarterback carousel is what you can almost call it, just because the way guys instantly are jumping around to fill these voids at every school, and it's great for some of the teams that have benefited from already where it's like, in other world, you would have just been stuck with, now oh, who's next? But instead, you've got the transfer portal. So which transfer quarterback or quarterbacks do you think will make the biggest impact?
1: I think Ohio State got their guy. His name's Tristan Jeb... Oh, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, we're gonna... uh, How that was... about that, uh, Budge? How about that? Hey, you
2: know what? Um, I'm really happy for the guy. Jebbia was a really hard worker at Oregon State, and he, he had a really tough ankle injury. Used to be a starter... And for him to get an opportunity to go to a big program like that, and just be around a culture like that, I hope Ohio State wins a Natty, and he gets to be on a, a championship-winning roster because he was a team captain for the Beavs this year, and he mm. was like, and then he came in in a few games late, threw some dimes, like, come on, I love it. He's gonna win the starting job and and win the Natty. We all imagine? know that.
1: But uh, like you said before the show, Gardner Minshew 2.0.
2: Yes, that There's, would
1: be yeah. awesome. All right, so. I think Devin Leary going from NC State to Kentucky, I mean, he's probably pound for pound at least a top three quarterback in this transfer cycle. I think he's going into a better system, a more quarterback-friendly system at Kentucky that just put out Will Levis. He's going to be a top three quarterback in the upcoming upcoming draft. So I think Leary is going to have a lot of success with Kentucky. And another guy that I'm looking at is Sam Hartman going to Notre Dame. Hartman... All-time leading passer at Wake Forest, over 1,200 yards in his career. Everyone thought he was going to the NFL draft, but you know what? He's going to get paid. He's going to go to Notre Dame, and they're going to be Woo, scary baby. next year. I'm, yes, sir. You know, I'm kind of sad for Wake Forest that they lose Kenneth Walker to Michigan State and then they lose Sam Hartman to Notre Dame. They just can't seem to keep guys around there, but I think Hartman is going to do some things at Notre Dame, and I think they're going to be scary next year.
2: Hottest quarterback coach duo in the country and it's not even close.
0: I mean they're gonna get like a Calvin Klein and I was deal. gonna say if you guys don't
2: know <laughs> what uh what uh Sam Hartman and, and Marcus Freeman look like, you guys need to do you your sh- homework. Should look that up it's right now. It's unbelievable. Um, let's just say the, the rate of women tuning into those games is going to be <laughs> just substantially higher than any like, pe- you're going to look at the numbers and be like well, that's weird why Why is this Notre game Notre
0: Dame will be America's team this why year why is
2: this game 97% more? it's kind of like uh, Cincinnati Bengals games and Joe Burrow yeah. I know that's been a thing uh, recently uh, Mordecai's a guy I already touched on DJ Uyangale. Could be filling You into a hated role. this guy. I, I, now I, I, he's your quarterback. I, I don't know what you're talking about, Colt. He is going to be the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. Oh my gosh. Um, biggest, biggest difference maker, too. Cam. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> Cam and Cooper. Cam and Cooper. <laughs> I wrote that down too. Southeastern football. Absolutely great pickup. I think Cameron Cooper could make, make a huge difference. He has that experience throwing interceptions at Hawaii that's really going to come in handy. Yeah,
0: Southeastern Louisiana University. They got a good one there, baby. Yeah. I mean, Hayden. I mean, we were up till 3 a.m. between him and Bosky talking about DJ Uyungalele and how much Tyler just dislikes the guy and how I, he thinks no, no, he's no, no, no. completely overrated. You're,
2: you're, there we go. There we go.
0: I mean, come on. And I don't, now he's your quarterback.
2: I never disliked Uyungle himself. And to be fair, I didn't think he was necessarily overrated this year because people, people acknowledged he wasn't great. However, it was Bosky. Bosky said that DJ Uyungle was like an elite quarterback this year. And I was like, that's just not true. He's mm-hmm. not an elite quarterback. And then I proceeded to get proved right every week. And so I was like, ha-ha, I win. He sucks.
0: And then <laughs> he comes to the Beavers and I'm like, uh no he's great now he's amazing. What sucks is that for a 24-hour period he was Hawaii's quarterback. I mean the the
1: rumors were going right, around the saying ball. yeah the cr- I saw the crystal ball yeah, in the bows. DJ to
0: Hawaii I was like oh my God we're gonna <laughs> win the Natty this year. And yeah I don't know about that anymore. Two guys named Sanders uh, in the transfer portal that I think were pretty good. Shadur Sanders going to Colorado. Yes sir. Dion Sun they were lit at Jackson State why not do it at Colorado. And Spencer Sanders from Oklahoma State going to Ole Miss. He was lit on the field over there. Lane Kiffin, he's super fun. They're gonna have a lot of fun. You together. see what
2: Lane Kiffin's cooking down there? He got he's cooking some ribs.
0: No, I'm just kidding. Uh-huh. He's got he's
2: got Spencer Sanders. <laughs> he's also got Walker Howard, one of like the top two or three quarterbacks from last year's class. He got them to flip. And he has Jackson Darts, or yeah, Jackson, yeah, darts. Jackson, yeah. Jackson, yeah, darts. Jackson darts, Skywalker. Because I'll remember one of them transferred. I think Altmaier, the the other guy, transferred. Yeah. but they're lit. Three options there already. So I don't I don't know how many of them will stay. Right. But uh, I gotta give a shout out to Devin Leary as well. Devin Leary committed to Kentucky from NC State. Yep. So those ACC schools just cannot hold on to their quarterbacks mm. right now. But uh, maybe he can have the Will Levis effect on mm. Kentucky and and push them in the right direction. But uh, any, any else, any other quarterback noteworthy? Okay, perfect. Uh, in recruiting, we've had some, a little bit of drama, a little bit of uh, theatrics, if you will. Huh. Um, Michigan, actually, I didn't even put this down, but Michigan facing some possible NCAA uh, violations. I don't know if you guys got a whiff of that. Yeah. Was that's... it like a cheeseburger involved? Uh, one of the, one of the allegations is that Jim Harbaugh bought a, recruit a cheeseburger.
0: At a diner. I mean, come on. Why is this under investigation? Was it a whopper? Though. Oh, see, if it's a (laughs) whopper, you should be having a postseason ban. Yeah.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I think some of the other things. There are like other allegations present, like
1: yeah, something weird, like like a computer university breach that happened with the offensive coordinator. Just, just no idea what that's about. Some other stuff. The FBI raided his house. Did You guys see that? Yeah, I didn't see that. What happened? What? Yeah, uh, Matt Weiss, I believe it was, was the co-offensive coordinator, Mm. and something weird happened with one of the computers, and the university police were investigated, investigated him, and then his his house got raided by the FBI.
2: That's intense. So,
1: man, it's not sure what that's about. You had a lot of turmoil last
2: off season with Harbaugh like flirting with the NFL jobs and then he did it again this off season. and with that like you almost want to steer away from Michigan but at the same time they they overcame all the offseason stuff yeah. and made the playoffs for a second straight year so
1: Yeah I'm, I mean I'm not shedding any tears about it uh, Ladarius Henderson one of ASU's best offensive linemen mysteriously committed to them like the second the portal opened and they were like Pictures of him on a visit that clearly happened before the window ah, yep. was open for him to yep. do that.
2: So that sounds illegal. Yeah,
1: in NCAA terms. Uh,
2: but and other than that, Jaden Rashada drama. Uh, if you guys didn't hear, let me let me catch you up. Uh, Jaden Rashada was—is he's like the 13th ranked prospect in the next class, or 14th, or something like that? Big I, time quarterback. I want to say like the fourth or fifth quarterback, or something like that. He was offered a $13 million NIL deal to play for Florida. And so Jaden Rashada said, no brainer, yes sir, I'll sign there, let's go. He showed up on campus and the boosters went, about the money. (laughs) We do not have the money. And so Jaden Rashada was like, I would like to be released from my uh, national letter of intent. And they released him, so he's effectively
1: a free agent again. $13 Thirteen million dollars. Yeah, it was like yep. a four year, thirteen million guaranteed insane. This is like a 17, I, 18 year old. Yeah, I'm sorry. No college football player is worth that amount of money. I'm I'm sorry. Too much. It's just it's ridiculous. Too much. Especially an unproven Holy one. Holy
2: cow. That's a lot of money. But yeah, Jaden Rashada, you know, being rumored to a few places right now. One of them I, I have been hearing some rumblings. What? Not Hawaii, no. Uh, Arizona State has been in conversations.
1: Yeah, he took his visit last weekend. I'm sure it went well. His dad played at ASU. He was on the, I believe it was Harlan Rashada, was on the 97 Rose Bowl team as a defensive lineman, linebacker. So I know Rashada looked closely at ASU before the sanctions hit. He was kind of like the big quarterback everyone was hoping for to take over for Jaden Daniels. Mm. And, of course, that cooled off once once the sanctions hit and all the turmoil with the program. But that would be a huge get uh, for ASU, getting a five-star quarterback in Rashad. I mean, if you would have told me that last year, I certainly wouldn't have believed you, and we couldn't land, like, a three-star Juco. So would be definitely a, a big get for the program. But the other school I know he's looking at is TCU, which they're going to have a really good pitch for him. Um, I'm sure he'll make some nice money there. He's going into a great system. Uh, now with well their new offensive coordinator and um, yeah and, and he'll probably walk right into the starting job where his whereas he, uh he's probably gonna face stiff competition at ASU
2: yeah you got you got a couple more proven guys already and uh, is it Conover was his last
0: name Conover and, and Pine,
1: Pine Borgay oh, okay. Borgay yeah. imagine
0: Borgay wins that Trenton Borgay um, I thought he was a senior no, he's he's coming, coming back, baby. Yeah. We got
2: t-shirts. He's running it back. We got t-shirts. We, For we're, nothing. We're going to get we more. We need another one. We're going to get more. TCU, my goodness, how about that? They got blown out 65-7. Sonny Dyke shrugged his shoulders and said, cool, I'm going to go reel in an amazing transfer class. They've also, there. did you see, they literally nabbed like three Alabama skill players that were all former five stars. Yeah. Like, the day after they Dang. lost the natty.
1: And uh, Brockermeyer, the tackle, who's like the former yeah. number 2 player in the country.
2: Like, wow. So Insane. what are we saying?
1: Georgia-TCU rematch? Yes, sir. I can't Let's wait. TCU
2: wins this one 65-7? That Anyways. would
0: be the biggest turnaround since Virginia beat. Um, Virginia won the national championship in college basketball after losing to UMBC the previous year.
2: I mean, it's a little different, but I, I, get, I get the energy <laughs> you're trying to put out there. Um, Dante Moore was considered Oregon's quarterback of the future, Five-star quarterback looking to come in. All of a sudden, Bo Nix announces he's returning to the Ducks. Dante Moore goes, eh, I don't really want to do that. Bye. He flips to UCLA. So it begs the question, would you rather have three years of Dante Moore or one more year of Bo Nix if you had the choice? That's tough. Uh, One more year of good Bo.
0: I mean, if I get good Bo, I have a potential Heisman Trophy winner in my quarterback room, give me one more year, of
1: good Bo. You know, I'm going to agree with that because if Dante Moore were to do what Bo Nix did statistically, I mean that's Bo Nix is putting up five star quarterback numbers at Oregon, which which Bo Nix is. He was he was a five star at a high school, but yeah, I think I'd I'd rather have have Bo for one more year.
2: I I would lean towards Dante Moore. Because the stability of having him there. I guess there is the transfer portal, so even if Bo, you know, when Bo graduates, you'll still get a guy no matter what. But I would have liked the security of Dante more, but that's just me. Uh, and then, last and most interesting storyline Nico Iyama Le- Leava,
0: I yeah. believe is how you pronounce his name. Is he Hawaiian? Um, He's got some poly in him. He's got some family, I believe, in Hawaii, but. I don't think it's that deep where he's going to actually stay in Hawaii. Okay, Mickey Mouse, Hawaiian. Um, he, is, <laughs> he is ranked the number
2: one. I said for every recruiting class. Not every. Like half the recruiting classes, he's the number one quarterback prospect right now. Except for ESPN, who's got him at like sixth randomly. Just an, a complete outlier right now. Do you think ESPN's on to something? Or just completely... I think
0: they're just being a little extra. You know, they're just trying to be like, "No, we have the most accurate one. You guys are all wrong." Like, "No. The Hawaiian's better." And he's committed to Tennessee. Full disclosure, I with, love Tennessee. They're so lit. He'll
2: compete with uh compete with Joe Milton III for that starting job. Heifell just got an extension, I saw. Yes, sir. And so did uh Dickert. Dickert just got an extension. Really? The kicker. through through <laughs> 2027.
1: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. I That's didn't see how much it's for. That's interesting. I, I I didn't either. Something yeah. we didn't talk about: um,
0: Alabama needs an offensive coordinator because I believe Bill oh, O'Brien yeah. took the Patriots job. Yep. Who would you guys think that they take? See that that's misleading because I don't think I don't think it
2: was. Oh, Bill O'Brien decided. Oh, I'm going to leave and take the D, uh, the Patriots job. <laughs> he was pushed Nick, out Nick the door. Nick Saban said, "Bill O'Brien, you yeah. have five minutes to get out of my office, <laughs> or I'm going to fire fair. you." Fair. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, that's interesting. I don't know who I don't know who they hire there. Me? Maybe. I mean.
0: <laughs> right. I, saw, I saw a picture that was photoshopped of John Gruden wearing Alabama stuff No, no way <laughs> There's uh, no way that's real, but that's, that'd be kind of lit That's taking a Saban rehabilitation Maybe Lincoln Riley, or not Lincoln Riley well, um, That would be unreal
1: <laughs> Okay, uh, how about this one? This is the ultimate Nick Saban coaching rehab move Brian Ferentz, The Iowa oh offensive coordinator The worst offensive coordinator in Power 5 football I think Cliff, to Bama Cliff Kingsbury
0: Yo, it I mean, makes sense,
1: right. but is he coming back from Thailand? No, he's no, not. That's no he's, way. He's, he's on
0: vacation. Have you vacay. seen these pictures? He's doing okay.
2: Yeah, he's doing completely fine. I mean, all that money he reeled in. Uh, it's the off-season, but guess what? Locks never take a holiday. Colt, it is lock Akaya's, uh betting advice for any sport. For any sport. So I just gave
0: you full run, Colt. Let's see let's what you, you got. You can make money any single day of the week. But this weekend, we got some NFL Conference Championship football. So I'm riding with the 49ers. They're getting two and a half on the road at the Eagles. I mean, the 49ers are lit. Brock Purdy hasn't lost a game as a starter. Half of my family in this chat right now is a 49ers fan. So you know what? The Niners are going to win, and they're going to cover. I mean, they're getting two and a half. And local uh, Brock Purdy. Yeah, went to Perry. Exactly. Second lock. Okay. Joe Shiesty. They're favored by one. Okay, the Bengals ain't losing. He's got that dog in him. And you know what? I'm just going to get to the quote because it's from Joe Burrow. His quote was, if you got a good steak, you don't need A1 sauce. And that's totally true with this Bengals offense.
1: Yeah, yeah. Is Mahomes going to play?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he's going to play.
1: You think he's going to play? Okay, He'll be hobbled, yeah. though. My last locker Caccia. It's actually
0: tonight. I believe it's at 2.30 in the morning. It's the Australian Open. It's the women's singles. I want to say final 4. But wow, you dug deep to cook this Victoria one. Victoria Azarenka, a two-time <laughs> Australian Open champion, is going to face off against Elena Rybakina. <laughs> yeah. Rybakina is the defending um uh Wimbledon champion. But Azarenka has experience in this Australian Open. Give me Azarenka plus 180. <laughs> She's getting the money. She's going to win this thing. She's going to win the entire Australian Open. Uh, shout out to Azarenka. Can I parlay those? If you parlay all of that, you're going to make a ton of money. Okay, perfect. I'm I'm in. Thanks,
2: Colt. Uh, this was Lock Kea's off-season edition. We'll see how... Brought to you by Burger King. Brought to you. Whopper... Walker- no, okay. Uh, <laughs> Pac-12 newsletter time. Uh, we have 12 teams in the Pac-12, and each of their seasons are now in the books, Jeez. so we're going to go through alphabetical order. Um, one word to describe each Pac-12 team season. We'll start with the Arizona Mildcats.
1: Respect. Uh, <laughs> hopeful. <laughs> hopeful. Uh, you know, it was a good season for U of A, bias aside, 5-7, they went 2-3 and three with a really tough non-conference slate. The, the arrow's definitely pointing up in Tucson. And uh, Jed Fish has done a nice job there. Has definitely um, exceeded my expectations. Um, but definitely, <laughs> I think U of A is going to be right there in the thick of things as far as you know, bowl contending teams go next year. So, hopeful. That's my word.
0: Revival. They're relevant. I mean, they're, they're not one in 10 anymore. They're not offers. Yes. I mean, they're, they're back. The, Dolora is there. There were one win away from a bowl game last year. They're totally fine. They're back.
2: Yeah, promising. Same same tone of their things are looking up. They're in the going in the right direction. On to Arizona State.
1: Okay, so just to clarify, this is about last season, right? This is about last season. Not the state of the program. Not not the state of the program. Exhausting. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, exhausting. (laughs) It was just with you know no one knew what was going to happen after Herm Edwards got fired, and even before then, losing to Eastern Michigan at home. That is one of the worst losses in program history. And you know there were some good moments mixed in there. The Colorado game was fun. Uh, the territorial cup was was entertaining. Lost. That sucked. But you know you're going to lose every once in a while. And of course the highlight was Sean Iguano getting his first win as as the head coach or the interim head coach against Washington, which in hindsight is probably the biggest upset in college football this year. I mean, ASU. Really? Well, yeah, yeah. a three and nine team. Handed Washington. Washington went 11 and they 2. They would have been in the playoffs. That's, That's true. They would have been in the playoffs. Playoff. So I think that was the biggest upset in college football this year. But just overall, with everything going on with the program, exhausting.
0: I'm going to say Ohana. I mean, this team rallied behind Iguano, rallied together after Herm was, you know, let go. They, they obviously just hit the reset button, but I'm going to go with Ohana. Uh, gloomy was the word that came to mind. It was just kind of a gloomy season
2: after that Eastern Michigan loss. It was like, uh the Washington win was nice, but it instantly went back to gloom. Because I think after that, was that when we lost to Stanford?
1: Ugh. Yeah, it was Yeah, the so it, it just started week.
2: glooming again. It was like, ah. So gloomy season. Uh, California.
1: Boring. I mean, they are the most boring program in the Pac-12. They had no fun redeeming qualities whatsoever. Jaden Ott! Jaden Ott! Yeah, Jaden Ott had a good game against U of A, and everyone's like, oh my gosh. He fell off, and there was just absolutely nothing to write home about for the Golden Bears. And I think Justin Wilcox might be on the hottest seat in the country heading into next year. Uh, I have a sound effect. It's...
0: Ugh... Like, there's just <laughs> nothing good about these guys. They're the most irrelevant team. I've been saying it all three years or two years I've been on this show. I don't watch Cal football. They suck. They're not fun. I don't like their team. They don't put them on national television because they, they're they not good. And I don't like Cal. There we go. <laughs> That's my whole
2: spiel. N- next year, instead, instead of calling it the uh, hot seat next year, we should call it the Justin Wilcox seat because, or the Neil Brown seat. Those two guys, I think, are just in the cellar as far as Guy's about to be fired. Um, Exhausting. A repeat word, I I thought, for Cal. For Cal fans, it it was just an exhausting year because it's just like, oh, this again. Like, (laughs) we're mid to below mid again. Uh, It just feels like Cal's been the same team for the last five years, and their record only changes based on how difficult their schedule is. But they're just the same exact team. And we move on to Colorado.
1: Trash. Just an absolute dumpster fire in Boulder last year. And if it wasn't... For our good buddies in Berkeley, bailing them out that one time, they had a claim to possibly the worst college football team of all time. Yeah. I mean, they literally got blown out every week. I mean, I have to look at their schedule. I know the ASU game, ASU really did blow out Colorado. The score was closer than the, the game kind of indicated, but... They were not good. They were literally the worst team in just about every statistic in the conference. They were garbage, Awful. Yes.
0: Nothing. There's nothing to say about this team. There was nothing good about them, and that's why they're not going to be anything alike this year that they were last year, because now they have Deion Sanders. I would
2: say demoralizing. Just an absolutely demoralizing season for uh,
1: the entire state of Colorado. Uh, On to Oregon. Exciting. They had a fun offense. They had some big wins. Once again, they couldn't get the job done late in the season. They kind of faltered against UW. Knocking themselves out of the playoffs. But overall, it, it was an exciting season in Eugene. I'm going to go with quack.
0: I mean, <laughs> all right, quack, baby. I mean, for some games this season, they played like they were on quack. But, you know, <laughs> they got smoked to the national champs in the first game of the season.
2: Yeah, I would say, and, and this, I think, you know... I cheated a little bit this one because I don't think it's the word I would use, but it's the word that the duck fans I know that are impatient and don't understand how the sport works use. And that's frustrating. I think the season was frustrating for them because they came in convinced that they could compete at the national level. They're preseason, what, number 11? And Georgia instantly crushes them. And yeah. so it goes, okay, well, there goes our playoff hopes. They, they start to build themselves back up, and then they just lay an egg versus Washington, and they just absolutely choke that game away. More frustration at home, too. And then they lose this. They blow a huge lead in the Civil War game. Frustrating. I think Ducks fans, despite the fact that you can say, hey, 10-3 and 3 in your first year is pretty good, I think they're a little bit frustrated because I think they thought they really had a good shot this year and now they, you know, they lost a few key defensive playmakers in the portal and to uh, the draft. So frustrating.
1: Uh, Oregon State. I'm going to go with physical because I think of Jack Coletto when I think of Oregon State and what I love about the Beavs and their culture is it's football first in Corvallis. Those guys love to play football. You think about John Wright, right? Coletto, Damian Martinez, none of these guys were like super highly, you know, rated yep. blue chip recruits. These guys just love to play football, and um, they played better than you know. You look at their individual efforts; some of the best individual seasons in the country. When you stack it up against other players, it's a bummer they lost Omar Spates. Yeah, that sucks. That is a bummer. But they'll reload. They'll be fine. I think Oregon State has a chance to be. I know this is always the kiss of death when it comes to college football teams, but the Cinderella story of next season.
0: I'm going with sleepers. Like, these guys were underrated, and Jonathan Smith is cooking something up over there. And you saw it last season, and I think next season you're going to see it even more. Jack Coletto also is the man. I mean, whatever team he goes to in the NFL... They are always going to be able to get a fourth and one. They're going to go undefeated every
2: single season. Correct. Every time
0: you're at the goal line, Marshawn Lynch, that one play where they didn't run the ball in the Super Bowl, put in Coletto, touchdown, you win the Super Bowl. True. Um
2: for oregon state i don't care what we do next year i obviously i do but i don't care what we do next year (laughs) i don't care i don't care what anybody else says happy is my word i am i am happy for once (laughs) for once as an oregon state (laughs) fan i am
1: happy and that i will take all right uh stanford i'm gonna go with inept they Mm. were just inept across the board no ingenuity on offense. It's the same thing that they've been doing the last five years under David Shaw. And he ultimately resigned. And, you know, if he didn't resign, he was going to be pushed out the door in the next couple of years. Just just a horrible season. There's so many words you could have put for Stanford. But I think Inep definitely kind of sums it up for them. I'm going to go with tree. I've
0: never heard of <laughs> a mascot
1: tree getting
0: suspended midway through True. the season
2: most entertaining yeah. part of Sanford's season
0: and that was the whole season in a nutshell
2: I would say exasperated it was okay give Shaw one more year Ah, just exasperation from the trees and you know your mascot getting suspended that's just a bad omen uh, UCLA
1: close they were so close to achieving their goals they couldn't do it they lose to U of A they blew it in the Sun Bowl against Pitt. Just felt like they were seconds or inches away sometimes at really <laughs> kind of taking the next That's step. Close. But not quite.
0: I'm going to say they were hot. I mean, this team <laughs> was fun. They were exciting. You know, you can't really be upset with what these guys did last year. I mean, they looked good. They had a Hawaiian at linebacker. Chip Kelly, that guy's legit over there. And if What is his name, Rashada? Yeah. Yeah. I think or he'll be fine more. More. Dante more. Moore? Dante Moore. Yeah. yeah. This guy will cook under Chip Kelly. Uh
2: enticing. I think this year you said, Oh, wait a minute. these Chip Kelly U C L A teams are capable of something more if they really put it together in their transfer portal class. Something See what you more. did there. Uh, I I really didn't mean to, but that was awesome. Uh USC.
1: Expected. With the amount of money they put into the roster and their head coaching hire expected. I think they just kind of did the bare minimum. Eleven and two. I mean, I know we kind of picked them to go nine and three, but you know, you look at how the Pac-12 sized up. It was an impressive season, but if they finished any worse uh, from where they did finish, it would have been a massive disappointment.
0: This isn't really fair, but I would say choke. I mean, you choked at the end. I mean, if you would have beat Utah, you would have been in the playoff. And then if you would have just held on, you could have had a New Year's Six Bowl win, but you didn't do either. They did choke. I'd say reinvigorating. The way I look at it, hey, their program was literally 5-7 and seven the year before,
2: and they're looking very good. So everything that they said about Lincoln Riley is true. I'd say they're reinvigorated. Their fans are, at least, after the season. Utah. Good.
1: It was good. I mean... Th- the bar is really high there right now mm. and they didn't hit it uh were they were they 9 and 3 in the regular season again
2: uh, i believe they were 9 and 3 they were yes, 9 and 3 they lost to oregon they lost to
1: ucla and, and they florida. lost to florida yeah and you know people were trashing us at the beginning of the season for saying look utah will be good but maybe not a, not, a playoff yes. team and i think they kind of delivered on that expectation. They were they were right, you know, and, and, well, better than all right, but they didn't win the Rose Bowl, which is what they needed to have a great season. They had heart. That was the whole thing of the season, the moment
0: of loudness for the fallen players, passionate team all year, won the Pac-12 conference again ton of heart from this team. True. I've been able to be a part of three moments of loudness.
1: That
2: ne- literally never gets old. It's awesome every time. Honestly, I think moments of loudness should replace moments of silence. It's just I agree. so much cooler and so much more powerful, in my opinion. Uh, I'd say for their season, satisfying. They they, you know, had some people saying, "Ah, eh, they weren't going to win the Pac-12 this year. Utes fans said, eh, I think we are. Satisfying. They won the Pac-12 again. Maybe a little unsatisfying to end the year the same way they ended it last year with Rising getting injured and losing a Rose Bowl game. Um, But I'd say satisfying as far as Pac-12 championship goes because they're back-to-back Pac-12 champs. That's pretty dang good for Utah. Uh, We've got Washington.
1: I'm going to go with euphoric. I mean, it was just an unbelievable season for them. Shattered the expectations and the the trajectory of that program is as good as it ever was under Peterson. So U-Dub's in a good spot.
0: I'm going to go with Phoenix. I knew that was coming. U-Dub got some Phoenix. I knew that was coming. You, you <laughs> dub got some Phoenix and all of a sudden they're back.
2: Yep. Michael Phoenix Jr. Uh, I said relief. Relief for Washington. Um, they, I, their fans in this offseason were probably thinking, eh, it's been a little sketchy for the last few years. We haven't looked too good. They had some really dark years for a moment there. And uh, relief, like, ah, yes, okay, our program is right back where it needs to be. And rounding out the pack, we've got Washington State.
1: Just frustrating. Defense was great, but the offense was terrible. I think if you take like, U of A's offense and put it with Wazoo's defense, it's a contender, that's baby. a Pac-12 championship team right there. They just didn't have the offense. So it was a very frustrating year for the Cougs. Sham. Sham Ward. Ooh. Sham season.
0: I mean, these guys just fell off.
2: Yeah, I'd say the word I use is Anxiety. Whether it's good anxiety or bad anxiety, I think Washington State fans should be v- very anxious about where their program is right now. Another really ugly bowl loss. It's just like, where are we? Washington, right. what looks, are we? <laughs> <laughs> Washington looks really good. Uh,
1: the Oregon schools look really good. Definitely anxiety. fourth in the Pacific Northwest right now.
2: Yeah, which is not where they want to be. You know. Right. Um, so of the Pac-12 teams that played in a bowl game, who had the most impressive bowl performance?
1: Given the context. I'm going to say Washington in the Alamo Bowl, playing basically a true road game. They beat Texas, who we all knew was a much better team than their record indicated. Oh yeah, it play,
2: was... they'll win that game. You play
0: it nine more times, they'll win it.
1: Right, right. Um, you know They had some close calls. They only won by a touchdown, but a very impressive win for the Huskies.
0: Yeah, best team, UW, obviously. Worst team, Wazoo, as we already mentioned earlier.
2: Yeah, I actually agree. I, Washington, I think, was the best bowl performance. Worst was Washington State. It was embarrassing.
1: Yeah, I had Wazoo as well.
2: Um, I a note though, LA schools, both absolutely falling on their faces in the in the late going of those games. Crazy, ridiculous to watch. We all picked Tulane though. We, we all did. picked Tulane, baby. Them. And uh And of the Pac-12 teams, let's get some um, um, borderline bulletin board material right let's now. Which Pac-12
1: team? is set to improve the most next season. I'm going to go with the Sun Devils of Arizona State University, who have one of the best wide receiver rooms in the conference. They bring back Badger Sanders, and a bunch of big-time recruits. A rebuilt and improved O-line. Better quarterback play, no matter how you slice it. Competent play calling. And a defense that has some holes in the front seven, but the secondary is really good. They're bringing back Jordan Clark. They're bringing back Isaiah Johnson. Even if they're not amazing next year, I think plus four wins is what you're looking at. You might not see that for any other team in the conference. I'm going to go at USC. I think they're going to be in the playoff. I think they're going to show the focus that
0: they need to get to that next step. I mean, first it starts with not painting your nails, F the other team, from <laughs> Caleb Williams, your Heisman <laughs> Trophy winner. But I think there's going to be a different level of focus from this team. Hopefully they can maintain the production on offense and then fix the defensive issues. But I think if this team continues to do what they're doing, they'll be in the playoff sooner rather than later.
2: I'm going to go with the Oregon Ducks for now. I think the Oregon Ducks are going to be the team to make that kind of leap. I think you get another year with Lanning. Uh, Lanning, recruiting class coming in. He's really going to get a a hold on that roster. And I just think Oregon State's going to be a very good team next year, and I just think it would be too good to be true for the Ducks to continue to be where they're at and the Beavers to surpass them. So I'm I'm just going to go with something that I'll be happy if it doesn't hit. The the Ducks will be the uh, most improved team. Uh, but we've got some fact or fiction here, so let's uh, let's get some in before we round the show out here. Uh, fact or fiction, the Pac-12 gets a team into the playoffs next season. Yes, sir.
0: USC, baby. Yeah. Fact.
2: Oh, really? I I would say fiction. It's been a long
1: time. I it's... think Oregon State, oh, maybe. Maybe whoa, not. Whoa, Oregon whoa, State, whoa, whoa, maybe. If let's... if they get the QB play right, Oregon State. If not, I think USC they has
2: a chance. Are, they are 13th in national title odds
1: preseason really we're
0: gonna say and it is. then All usc's right. technically a big 10 team so really the pac-12 won't even really be in it that's
2: probably yeah true um fact or fiction georgia wins a third straight title in 2023 as i said it would be the first since 1936
1: yeah until proven otherwise i don't see georgia losing who's gonna beat them? i don't exactly. know exactly neither of you said fact Fact. fact. Okay, there we go. There we
2: go. <laughs> fact or fiction, Justin Wilcox will make it through 2023.
0: Fiction. No. Fiction. Okay, yep.
2: Fact or fiction, someone in the that was not ranked in the Pac-12 this season will be ranked at some point next season. The teams are Cal, Colorado, Arizona, Arizona State, and Stanford.
0: Fact. I'm going to say fact. I'm going to say Colorado beats TCU, and they're going to find themselves in that top 25. Whoa, whoa. It's going to be some crazy stuff.
2: <laughs> whoa. Whoa. <laughs> and hey, you're nodding your head.
1: Uh, I could see, yeah, Colorado getting in there early with a big upset over TCU or Nebraska. I think U of A, if they go on a run next year, could get ranked. And hey, if ASU goes 3-0 in non-con, they oh. should absolutely be ranked. What are the three games next year? Southern Utah. Oklahoma State at home who's going to fall off next they, year. They they are absolutely falling off. Yes. But Fresno State is the tough one. Ooh. I don't see us beating Fresno <laughs> is home
2: State. Or at home. So that helps, that we helps. Gotta be there. We got to be there. Could be, Could be 3-0. Could be 3-0. Got to got to get to that Fresno State game actually. Got to get tickets especially for 2-0. Uh factor fiction Utah should be the favorite for the Pac-12 title next season. Mm, no. Fiction. Fiction. Okay. Utah fans that chip on their shoulder uh, Fact or fiction TCU's loss to Georgia actually makes their run more impressive. In hindsight. Lost
1: to um, fiction?
2: Because they got, you know, it's like, oh, wow, they were this bad, but they still made it. I don't know. Nah, uh, fiction. Nah. Fact or fiction, the expanded playoff will increase parity in college football? Yes. Fact. 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 or fiction, it's sad that the season's over? Fact. Fact. Fact or fiction, based off their current schedule, ASU will make a bowl game in 2023? Fact.
0: Sure, why not? Fact or fiction, Hawaii will make a bowl game in 2023. Let's do it. And here's why. Because we have Australia's Eddie Osei Nikita. He's never played a snap of football in his life. But he holds the New Zealand world record, or I list the New Zealand record, for the (laughs) 100-meter sprint at 10.08 seconds. He's the fastest guy out of New Zealand. He's coming to Hawaii, baby.
2: Phenomenal. Let's let Michael Scott take us to our outro. All I can do right now <laughs> is put on a brave face and go out there and be their leader. It's over. We are screwed. Well, in the last 15 seconds, any parting thoughts, guys?
1: I needed this. Me as well. Perfect.
2: Glad to be back. All right, well, if that's all we got, I'm Tyler Budge. I'm Hayden Weber. I'm Colt Almodova. And with that, we wave goodbye.
0: Going to come back to the
1: near side pick six. But see
0: that coming? Lofted
1: towards the end zone.